Welcome to the Drama Society of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Drama Geek. I'm Carrie the Mocknick. I'm K-Drama Jen. And I'm K-Muse. If you want to have a little bit more of the fangirls from Dramas with the Side of Kimchi, be sure to come and check out our Patreon page. We do a extra podcast every month for our VIP patrons, as well as a Discord server where we have a lot of fun group watches on movies. We discuss and group watch classic dramas, all kinds of stuff. You name it about K-dramas, K-pop, life, it's in there. So if you want to continue and join the fun, come check us out. The link is going to be in our show notes. Yes. And it is a lot of fun out over there. We've made some really good connections and uh, the group watches are a ton of fun. I'm still trying to get y'all to come watch with the rest of us. Just saying. I know you keep picking days where I'm like busy. I'm like time zone, time zone people. Yeah. Well, even yeah. the dramas though, but we're, we're going to start Mr. Sunshine next. We're going to start that one in mm. May because I'm too chicken to watch it by myself. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And plus it has Kim tae yeah, I loved Kim Tae-ri in that. It was really, yeah. really good. I'm not sure I'm up to re-watching it, but I might try to catch your movie night if I can get a night when I don't have other plans. Yeah. <laughs> or more like my kids have other plans because it's usually me having to take kids somewhere. But uh, they need Anywho. their licenses. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that feeling. Anyway, all right. So speaking of Kim Tae-ri, we are going to wa- talk about the last half of the awesome drama 2521. And there were a lot of feelings about this, but we start with, um, oh gosh, where'd we leave off? I've watched the whole thing. So it's all blurred together. <laughs> oh, Episode was, eight. Right. Yeah. So she had just had her yellow rose and she was about to meet her best online friend. And yeah. But we also have to warn, there's going to be spoilers. Like, we're not even going to try for a no-spoil situation. (laughs) There's just going to be spoilers everywhere. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what podcasts are. They are just spoilers galore. Yeah. Yeah. can't talk about the drama without spoilers if you're going to put a podcap it. So So, so everyone's been warned. You've been warned. (laughs) (laughs) So as Carrie said, we ended um, our last podcast. We were on episode eight. Hido Nahido was about to find out who her online bestie was. And after some confusion, the two once rivals become the best of friends. So do we think that was too easy to shift from enemies to friends? For me, I loved this storyline. It was actually my favorite part of the whole drama. Um, And I didn't think that it was too easy because they had developed such a supportive friendship when they didn't know one another. And that's who they really truly were. And we learn along the way how um, uh, Yurim was really kind of putting out, like it was more like a protective stance. I think the reason why she was acting that way towards Nahido. And so who she really was, was really this person that they had been talking to through the computer at least in my opinion. So I personally loved it. I have to agree with you. I think that for um, Yurim, things just clicked into place for her of what she was misunderstanding about Hido and the things that she 
had kind of built up in her mind of like how much she was intimidated by her. And, and all of a sudden, once she realized that that person was also the person that she had been talking to online and all the, the feelings and, and, and the, the other side of the story, because she confided in her about all of their interactions. So then it was like, all she had to do was go back and look at me like, oh, this is how she really felt in that moment when she left me. So I think it totally made sense. I loved, I've been waiting for, as soon as I found out that they were like the pals, I was like, okay, so eventually they're going to be able to connect and become besties. And I was so looking forward to them being able to move from rivals to supporting each other because they both needed that support of their teammate. So I loved it. I would say it's even equal to the romantic relationship that happened in the second half. Um, this one was equally as important and I would even say better utilized as a story. Even I just love them even when they were separated and then they came back later and had to compete against each other for our different countries. It was mm. all just so emotionally uplifting and they were such great friends and just the camaraderie that they portrayed in the whole last eight episodes was amazing. And it kind of reminds me of like Anna Green Gables and her best friend. It's kind of mm. like the same vibe where it's like, mm. they're their do or die friends. And you don't always get that, even though they try to portray that in a lot of dramas, this one really came through that this was the friendship that will last forever. For me, it was more like what they normally do with bromances, like as far mm. as the way they built this relationship, like this was more like a my country kind of like level mm. of friendship versus like, um, <laughs> you know, like a lot of the time, I think some of the cismances, we've had some that are good, but I think the bromances, they tend to really invest a lot more into in most of the dramas. And I really, I was so connected. Like this was my this was my love line. Like this was my, the sisterhood between the two of them was what I was watching for. And it was so fun to watch them self-reflect, like drama geek pointed out and just kind of get the perspective because all of a sudden, I mean, yeah, it kind of feels like a fast shift, but like you said, they had that depth already because they'd been discussing each other with each other. And so, and then when they go over the top and the pendulum swings the other way, and it's almost like they're on a date when they're having that lunch during the documentary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Becky Gina's like do I need to give you guys a little space yeah but, <laughs> but it just it was cute and it made me think about some of the friendships I have in my life and if I've ever ever had one that has been that strong and I don't think I have and it's like what have I missed out on here I I'm I'm not saying I'm envious but maybe I'm a little envious but I just I love their friendship and I love the strength that it has and the understanding that they have especially I think we'll get to this later, but just when Yurim has to make the very difficult decision to go to Russia and how he do, just supports her. She's like, yeah. well, of course you have to. And yeah. she just, she completely understands. Agree. So one of the big themes of the second half of the show was sacrificing one's youth for um, athletics um, on the level that they were on. But did we have a favorite moment that really stood out um, with that I think that the beach trip and that they went on that he planned, um, uh, that Eugen planned for them to be like, I know you guys both, cause they both mentioned it in the documentary that they 
had never really been on a school trip because they always missed out and had to do mm-hmm. their athletics. So I loved the like, hey, we're going to plan, which their school trip wasn't anything like any of my school trips when <laughs> I was in high school. But it was so like from beginning to end, the way that they show up in their outfits, <laughs> go to the beach, all of that, just that to me was uh, it wonderful. Again, it wasn't them sacri- it wasn't them sacrificing their for for their youth for that, but that was them actually getting to kind of step out and enjoying some of their youth. And I and it brought them a little bit closer, the whole group of them. So mm-hmm. what I loved about it is it did show, you know, they do have to give up a lot of things, like mm-hmm. how they were like so excited to wear the fashion and you know. <laughs> do their hair in the cutesy kid fashion. And you just, at that point, I realized I'm like, yeah, you know, you almost only see them in sweats and, you know, getting ready to do their athletics or they're in it, or they have to leave school for big swaths of time to train and do things that, you know, other kids their age are not doing and they don't seem to resent it or anything. So it's not that kind of situation, but they do have a very different outlook on their youth than maybe your average student would. And it's just really interesting to see that opposite and the comparison. And I did like that they did have that one girl in who did choose to do something other than sports and Mm. kind of like switching to another extreme with going academics, but still she had to, make a decision where she was going to go in life. And I think most teenagers aren't quite on that level of intensity on trying to figure out what you're going to do at that young age. So it's a different lifestyle that they have to live. That's true. And I think also, because in a lot of coming into age dramas, Korean dramas, we see the emphasis on the college exam and how important it is to prepare for the college exam. And it was almost a breath of fresh air to see that they're not worried about it. Like they were like, so I'm not ranked last. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> what was and, she had to get over 50 points or something? Or yeah. 50 or 80. Just yeah, to get something like that. Yeah. And how her Hito's mom was trying to talk her into college. And she's like, why I have mm. a career. Why do I need to go to college? And so it's just, that was an interesting 180, but it made me laugh too, because it's like, this is nice to see the other end of things where not everything is all about that one exam. Because in Chinese dramas too, Chinese coming of age dramas, it is just the one test. And it's like, wow, what do you do with your life when you're done with the one thing that you've been living for for so many years? And absolutely when it comes to like athletics, because, you know, there's just, they retire at such a young age. And so Mm. thinking about everything that they had to give up and then, having kind of really just a, a really short period of time where you you actually are going to be at your peak. I think that that was interesting, especially when you think about her daughter, who is sort of mirroring in a little bit of the same way with her dance, um, that if she wants to continue that, she needs to dedicate more time. And she, it was just not fun for her anymore. Um, so I I really liked... Um, also the other, um, the other fencer who made that decision that if they said, if she won, that she would be able to quit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was, 
really wondering if after she won, would she would she want to continue? Was it really just like she was in a slump or did she really want this? Like she really wanted a different life. Um, so that I just loved how we got all of these different perspectives. Absolutely. And the look of relief on that girl's face when she mm. won and yet she could still walk away. Yes. I mean, that was well played. Well, well played. So little did we know that the second OTP would be the one that would stand the test of time. Did we like their romance? Were we surprised it resonated so much? And I was a little surprised. You know, you kind of had the glimpses in the first half of the show. It's like, oh, cute. You know, they're flirting and stuff. But they really took it to that next level when she had to leave. And he was so supportive and sad, but supportive. And then just the whole scenes with the concert and the scenes when she came back and he like slapped himself because he thought she wasn't there and then <laughs> the proposal like just everything just was perfect and so swoony and I love them to death and just they make me happy so I love it they were way cute and I loved how I can't remember his name just cool guy I loved it when he found out that Yurim was going to go to Russia. He was like, okay, so I have to work three jobs. And if I work three jobs and earn this much money in two years, I can come and visit you. And she's like, don't worry about it. And he's like, no, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I loved that she was his focus. Like she was his priority. I mean, he did other things, obviously, and he became successful in his own way, but he made it clear to her that she was his priority and that and I think that laid a good foundation for their relationship because she needed that solidity in her life, especially because her dad was always gone so much. I think that's something that helped her see that they, she could have a relationship with cool guy. And for me, it was, it was an interesting juxtaposition because, you know, here kind of out and about people were like rooting for the Becky Jin Nahido um, kind of um, future couple. And what was interesting about this is that, to me, I, if you would ask to me early on, if this was the one that would stand the test of time, I might've said like, really, I don't know. I mean, he's like this flirty kid who, um, who just seems kind of enamored with her. But the truth is that he did put her first. He did sacrifice for her. And we don't really see that being done by Baki Jin. We mm -hmm. see him making different choices. And I, I just thought that that was interesting because like, there were signs along the way that one of the relationships might work out and one might not, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, that's true. So I think that it can work if both people in a relationship have a very high profile and demanding job. I think it can work. I think it's really hard. And I think it takes a lot of effort and a lot of you know, time being put in and a commitment that not that, that their relationship is going to go before their career, but kind of a commitment between them. So that would be the other couple that everybody was rooting for. They had a lot more that they would have to, because both of them, he chose to be a reporter and then he chose to really pursue that career. And then on the other side, you have, they're both 
openly communicative. They decide very early in the relationship. She decides I'm going to be the real me when I'm around you. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to tell you how I feel. And he was very committed to her, like you guys have said, but he also like it helped that she's the very high profile, very demanding job. And he was able to be her support mm-hmm. and kind of be come behind her and like do what she needed him to do. And I, again, I, I don't just think it's that dynamic. I also think it's just the way that from the very beginning, the way they communicated with each other, the way that they kind of dealt with each other, they, I think that's why they lasted. I think they lasted because of those dynamics of not that the other couple didn't communicate with each other, but I do think at some point in time in their relationship, as they started, especially her, as they kind of started getting older, um, then they stopped communicating quite in the same way. But I, I just loved them together. I, his, his, his asking her to go out with him. I, I didn't, I, I think that happened in this half of it where he was yeah. singing on stage and then he mm-hmm. ends up asking her, but doesn't do it publicly, but still mm-hmm. does it kind of publicly. It was <laughs> so perfect. Like he was just so good at giving her what she needed. And she was great at doing the same. It wasn't a one-sided thing. But even his proposal to her for marriage, I was just like squealing. I was feeling so hard because it was like, I was like, when she was fighting the other, I'm like, is that her boyfriend? And then mm-hmm. he took his thing. I'm like, ah! it's so adorable and it's unique. And yeah, so that was, was fun too. It was so fun. Yeah. They were, they were so like, they had their trot, like, there there's you, you have friends that you're like, Oh my gosh, they're always fighting and breaking up. And then you have the other friends that are just steady they're steadfast. And that's kind of what they were. They were adorable, but they were really just kind of steadfast throughout their whole, like, as soon as she knew he liked, he liked him and, and, and the feeling was mutual. Like it was just kind of that really steady, beautiful relationship to kind of watch unfold. And they were just super cute. I loved them. They were, they were sweet. Yeah. The more we talk about them, I'm like, the more I'm like, oh, <laughs> so, all right. So then we have our fifth will who is uh Sung Won, our academic, and she sacrifices her own future to live up to her beliefs. When she goes to the school, um, oh, help. All of a sudden the confrontation left my head. Oh, they were trying to get her to give up her pirate radio show because she'd confronted the teacher about abusing right. the students. Yes. Right. And he yes. specifically abused our sweet little was it Jiwoong or am I getting that confused with something yeah. I just watched? Jiwoong <laughs> yeah. slash cool guy. He had hit yeah. him and he was hitting other students. And so she exposed him on her pirate radio show, which perhaps she could have done that differently. But she she refused to take her radio show down and she stood by the statement she made. And her mom, after kind of berating her behind the scenes, was a united front with her at the school. And I thought that was really cool. So what did we think of the story arc and how important was it to the overall show? I loved that story arc because Sung Won was, she was herself. She was with a group of friends and they were tight as friends, but she was also the independent girl who was making things happen for herself. She was recognizing the injustices around her and she couldn't do a whole lot, but she did what she could. And then I think in the end, because, you know, a lot of people were like, well, she finally, you know, she worked so hard to get into university and there she is a variety show kind Mm -hmm. of lower TD. 
but at the same time, she did not seem discontented. It seemed like she was doing what she wanted to do. And, and so I thought hers was a good juxtaposition because like our fencers always stood up for what they wanted and she was standing up in a different arena. So kind of showing that we can stand up for our beliefs, no matter where we are, no matter how much celebrity we are. And then also, I really loved that she finally encountered Becky Jin's little brother again. And <laughs> she was yes. like, I've been waiting for you. And she's like, oh, life's about to get fun. <laughs> <laughs> she was actually one of my favorite characters. And I even said this, I think, in the last podcast. I just loved how she seemed kind of like... Mm, bored with life like she seemed to have this like very jaded kind of perspective but she was also very driven in her own way and when she ended up like really throwing it all away I mean I would have thought because her academics and being the top student is such a big deal I would have thought that maybe this would would have challenged her to like really have to think about that but she really stood by her convictions and i thought that that was really powerful because it was a theme throughout this whole drama is this idea of people doing what they think is right so even like um nahido's mom like the the it's about confronting like what's right what do you what are you being forced to do kind of things so she choices right like she Mm -hmm. had to make those choices um you know is she going to um, be that career woman and you know it was very very difficult to be successful in that field and to have to constantly choose she had to choose between um, a story and her friend she had to choose between attending her husband's funeral and you know going on the air I mean all of those things were choices and it was just interesting because everybody kind of had their own way of looking at life and their own convictions um, and their own challenges and so I really loved that uh, someone brought us kind of that perspective of like she seemed kind of like just kind of part of the gang you know and then for me she really stood out I actually thought she was a great actress as well Mm -hmm. um I loved I loved the part where she met Vaki Jin's younger brother that was awesome (laughs) yeah I really enjoyed and she gave some of her struggle with the teacher and all of that kind of gave a little bit of like historic context of the time of like what they were also, you know, dealing with because, you know, police officers not really caring that the school staff was abusing or using corporal punishment or, you know, beating the kids or whatever. And how that played out and her making it she even before that, you could say, like you were saying, she was kind of just tired of the running on the wheel. You know, she was very tired of doing all of the things that she was supposed to do. And so it didn't surprise me when she quit school, but I, she was, she was one of my favorite, favorite characters as well. I was a tiny bit disappointed by seeing her at the very end only because I would have preferred to see her like in some type of um, like radio talk show host role or something like that. But it 
again, true to the realistic when, and who knows that was 2009, right? For mm-hmm. everybody, we kind of left off in 2000. So who knows what she did after that? She could have ended up becoming, you know, a PD who did like documentaries or who knows, who knows where her future went after that. But, um, so that it, it, with her, it was very realistic of like, she went to college and now she's, she's working her way up the, the totem pole to whatever she wants to do after that. So I was happy they did show the, the brother, as soon as the guy got out of the car, I was like, is that supposed to be his little brother? Or like, <laughs> who, you know, I was trying to figure out who that was. And then all of a sudden, you know, I said it and it was, it was kind of fun, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed her character. I have to agree. I love how she solidified the, just the whole arc of the whole drama that your dreams can change because I think mm-hmm. so often mm-hmm. in especially in dramas you see oh well I have the dream that I'm going to do this and then their genius is at it and they make it and mm-hmm. you know their lives are set but mm-hmm. this it really is it's like okay well you know you have a dream that you're going to go to college and then you lose all your money so what are you going to do you become mm-hmm. eventually a reporter which is not what you really thought you were going to do, you know, you kind of just, it was a last ditch effort or you get out of school because you won't, um, back down from bullies and you find something else, you know, it's not quite the same timeline. It's not the same exact perfect idea of what you wanted to do as a, when you were a kid, because guess what? Most people don't end up doing what they thought they were going to when they were in high school, Um, I know I'm thinking back to my (laughs) high school. I'm like, yeah, I was like, I wanted to be a documentary person on the history channel. And it's like, yeah, that wouldn't have happened, (laughs) you know? So, you know, it's, it's interesting just how it showed a realistic, but now you have a K drama podcast. So I mean, I never would have expected that back in high school, (laughs) you know? Um, so yeah, so life goes different and you kind of just have to find new dreams or like even the, um, uh, Hido where she becomes like this furniture maker after she's done being a national athlete, which was awesome. I was like, that is really cool. So anyway, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. So there were a lot of factors that tried to keep our main couple, Bakijin and Nahido, apart. And do we feel that they were genuine obstacles? How did we feel about those factors? And so I've thought a lot about this. I think, I think they were really good together. I think in their moments of time that they had, I think they were really good for each other. They provided something that the other needed. Um, especially when he was kind of going through his just feeling so kind of disillusioned and, um, you know, his dad had lost all his money and was now being pursued by the law and was in hiding and so on. And she was like just a go-getter and had this positive attitude. They were really, really good for each other. And the obstacles that came along were things that, you know, it was, it was just life. Like they were, why were they apart for a while? Well, she was training and going off and he had to relocate, right. So that his younger brother um, could kind of have a a fresh start 
with and live with the mom. And I feel like, so that was one of the obstacles for a while, but they, they sort of overcame that. But then later on, as they grew, grew older, um, he came to the U S but even before that, he definitely, his job made it so that it was difficult for them. And I think that, I think that's kind of a reality. Like, I don't think that, um, I don't know. I mean, I know we'll talk more about the ending, but just in general, I was thinking about, well, was it, was it real? Did it feel genuine? Yeah, it did actually. It felt genuine to me because I think that things happen. Yeah. I, um, I felt like, especially during that time in your life, a lot of people don't get married when they're in college or especially if they have like, they're going to be a doctor or they're trying to, you know, work toward becoming something that takes a lot of your time. It consumes you if you, especially if you want to perform at the top level, whether it's the top level of being a reporter and going after every story and being available and, and working from not even the ground up, but he was working from below ground because he, that profession, like they let him in during a specific period of time of like, Oh, you don't have to have a college degree. Yeah. But for the Mm -hmm. most part, everybody else does. And you're the low, 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 low man on the totem pole. So he didn't have as many opportunities as some of the other people. So he really did have to work extra hard and taking an assignment in America after all of the stuff that happened, whether it was even just the commitment, and we'll talk about it later, but the commitment of what he felt he could provide as a reporter of like, I can do this. I can bring about this type of hope for people or this type of change, but just the opportunity that somebody who was on a low man on the totem pole would get <laughs> by being a correspondent and getting the job. Like, that was a lot. Like, and so he was still very young. Like he was what, 24, 20, well, I guess it's 25. So he was 25 when that happened of when he took that, like for a reporter in that field and everything, like that was a huge for somebody who wanted to make it and become an anchor someday, which he did. And, uh, so, and then her, I mean, they didn't show her as much, but like, you know that somebody who's trying to go for the gold for the Olympics or for every competition she was going, like it's grueling. It takes a lot of time and effort. So they just, I feel like the groundwork was set pretty early on that it would be an uphill battle for them to, to make time for each other as a couple. It's different when you're a group of friends who see each other every once in a while, but as a couple, you know, I think it was very realistic and that they had, that they were pulled apart, but I also feel like they built and helped each other in a time of their lives that they needed each other. And that, that, that it's not like it's, it was wasted time or that I wasted my time watching them come together. Like it was beautiful in that flash moment of their, of their being young. And, and it was really done very well in my opinion I agree like them being each other's support like they were in the first half of the drama was just that was exactly the kind of people they needed to be for each other and taking it further was a strain I'm just I was thinking about it because as you pointed out he's a reporter with no college degree and so on the surface they look like a match of equals because they're both striving to be better 
But at the same time, in, in his own personal race, he's starting so much further back than Hido is in her own personal race. Because she's by the time she's competing with Yurim, she's at Olympic level. And it only goes up from there. And she continues to get the gold and just win and win and win until she retires. Whereas he's in the same place that her mother was because her mom was just kind of, she was a, I don't know the exact term for it, not exactly a sideline reporter, but just a reporter who's not able to choose to pick and choose their stories, who's able to stay in one place. Her mom had to go where the story was. And that became extremely necessary when her dad got sick because her mom was then the sole income. And so Becky Jin is in the same boat. He's trying to prove himself. He's trying to get things together for his family so his family can be together again. And he's got so much farther to go. And so it was easy to see him as equal to her because he was a couple years older, but really they were not, they were not equally matched. She was actually, in terms of accomplishment and career, she was further ahead of him. Yeah. Well, and I remember like back when I was in college and dating various people, like my mom would say, you always end up dating someone's baggage as well. Mm. You have to take the whole good and what all the things that traumatized them in before, whether it's dating certain people or in this case, her baggage was that she felt abandoned by her mom because of her mom's career and Mm -hmm. to have her boyfriend take that same career and already have those wounds of abandonment and having the same thing happen over and over you know and for him he's feeling like he lost so much when his parents went bankrupt you know Mm -hmm. he wants to be successful and has this wants to get up to a level where he feels like it's successful. Neither of them were able to be like, oh, well, I can deal with this or, oh, I'll take a job that will connect better with her career. You know, they just were two people that weren't meant to be long-term and Mm -hmm. that happens. You know, if your baggage doesn't click Mm -hmm. and go well, then things don't last. So Yurim had to become a professional fencer for the money. She and Hido continued the relationship despite all of these problems, keeping them rivals. What do we think about their rivalry friendship? I will say, I don't know if we asked later in the, the, the podcast what, what our favorite scenes were and stuff, but I would say probably my favorite scene of the entire drama is the lead up to their um not the lead up, but the actual scene where she's at, they're at the fencing competition in Madrid and they've had the, the media and everything kind of put their, their uh, rivalry on display and how hard it was to compete against each other, how hard it was to, for Hido to actually win. And that the moment where they take off their, I'm about to cry now, (laughs) but then where they take off their mask and they're bawling their heads off everybody that's watching is falling their heads out. Like, it's just, it was such an amazing, like they built their, um, from the moment they figure out that they're the pen pals or whatever. And it just keeps running through all of the, their competing and then their separation. And, and they just, they didn't have to verbally tell each other kind of that they understood and then when they take their helmets off, they both knew. Like it was just the the culmination of like so much. It was just such a beautiful and it again the 
the, the romances were great. The friendships were great, but just, I feel like they were kind of the theme of youth and, and friendships and that connection and everything. And it was just such a beautiful uh, scene to kind of close out because it was toward the end of the drama. Yeah, I actually completely agree with what you said. I don't even know if I could add anything else. It was beautiful and made me cry. And I think just the steadiness of it, because there's, they don't really fight. They don't really draw apart. They just, it's that support. It's like the support that Hido and Becky Jin gave each other in the beginning, but this is just unwavering and always there for each other. And like you said, the complete understanding that they have of each other and their journeys. And it adds this depth of emotion that I don't think any of the other relationships truly achieved. And there was that period of time right before the big competition where they weren't like responding, like Yuri was not responding to emails. And then, you know, she went to go see Nahido and Nahido didn't want to see her. And, oh, my heart was breaking right about then. Um, But then to see it all come together with that last fencing match, I was just, it was really powerful. So I agree. I think that, um, I mean, we've talked about them, but I, I loved their, the fact that Yurim became Nahido's rival as she wanted. Um, and she, I, what I love about Nahido is just, she's kind of got this innocence to her. That's like, like she genuinely saw that as like in a positive light, not like, oh, I'm going to get her or, you know, I mean, she was just so excited. She loved this fencer so much. She was like her biggest fan and to be able to get to her level was her goal. Um, And then they ended up as friends as well. I just, I loved it. As our leads drift apart, the relationship between the mother and daughter becomes stronger. Like, how did we really, did we really feel like it was realistic? Were there parts where it's just like. (laughs) I actually loved, like, there were so many different themes throughout this show, but that mother-daughter connection, I think, I think as moms, like, you can you can see that and appreciate it that sometimes even even when we look back right like we didn't always understand our parents and then when you become a parent suddenly things come into focus and you're like oh that's why they said that or oh that's why they did that and i i loved that as we moved through the drama and her daughter learned more and more about her mom that you could see their relationship changing. You could also start to appreciate Nahido and her mom's relationship as well. Um, because it was really interesting. My first impressions of the, the grandmother who used to be the uh, an- announcer the, on television when we first meet her, she's like puttering around the garden and, you know, you have a very different view of who she might have been just based on who she is and, you know, in, in our present. And I really loved that. Like, I just loved that this drama allowed us to see how people change 
Um, and I really thought that that was a, one of the aspects of this drama that I really loved. I've heard people um, really criticize the adult actor. Well, they're both adults, but um, the the mom, the, the actress that played the older version of uh, Nahido. But I honestly think that she did a really good job because she's not going to have the same youthful, vibrant energy that the young Nahido does. I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm appreciating this drama because of where I am in life. And I think that if you were to ask, you know, younger drama watchers who are in that like 18 to 25 range, maybe they would have a different view. Maybe they would. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I was thinking too, um, just as Nahido is dating Becky Jin and then they're supposed to go to dinner with her mother and her mother's still an anchor woman. And of course he's late, he's late and then he can't make it. And Nahido is very forgiving. And her mom's like, hold up a second. (laughs) You were not that nice about it when I had to miss out on those things. And just kind of the bantering, like Hido she finally gets to a point where she's not angry at her mom all the time. And I think her relationship with Becky Jin actually helped that. And so even though our leads drifted apart, he gave her the lens to see her mother better because they were both in the same field. And so, I mean, I'll, the whole getting their colonoscopies together, that was, I mean, that I could see where that'd be a bonding moment. I wouldn't personally do that with my own mother, but that's, (laughs) that's my own thing. But I just, I think it was a natural thing, especially as Hido grew. She was kind of portrayed as an old soul, and yet she still had a lack of experience. And I think by dating Becky Jin and just growing through all her trials as a fencer, she started to see her mom in a different light, like Kedrama Jen said. And so she, she becomes more appreciative of what her mother had to do. And I said when we watched, when we were talking about the first half of it, that the part of what I really liked was her daughter reading her diary and being able to kind of understand her mom more and connect with her and see, oh, she didn't just all of a sudden become this gold medalist. Like she had to work through things and, and being able to view that. And I liked that we got to see the Hido and her mom eventually kind of understand each other better. And I think it was a very natural, like, I'm sure they, you know, doctor, her doctor suggested, Hey, you need to start getting your colonoscopy at certain age or whatever. And her mom was like, okay, we're going to do this together. I don't want you to be scared. And so when I saw them doing it together, like that really, um, it was such a touching moment. Like some people were like, why are they doing, what is this? It's so weird. And I'm like, well, my husband actually has colon cancer in his family. And so he has to get his stuff done at a certain age and blah, blah, blah. And so she would have, he though would have had to start getting it done at an early, a, a much earlier age than most people. And so, you know, I could see that being a support, but it was beautiful to be able to see the two sets of, of parents, like the, the he though and her mom, and how they eventually grew into older people who somewhat resembled their younger selves, but also didn't necessarily. And, and I think that that happens in real life a lot, you know? And so I liked, and then I also liked being able to see the daughter read this diary and see this fiery, passionate teenage mom and be like, huh, okay. So maybe, maybe <laughs> I have more in common with my mom than I realized. And I loved that part of the show. 
And just to clarify on the moms are boring gate. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. You weren't even there to defend yourself. I was not. I was just <laughs> making a tongue in cheek statement because I think it's easy for kids to see their parents. as just kind of this cardboard cutout of how they know their parents now. And parents mm. now are kind of boring because kids are not paying attention to their full lives. Yeah. And so then, you know, the daughter's eyes are getting open through her mom's journals. My kids are never reading my journals, but that's a different story. <laughs> so. yeah. Moms are boring gate. Yes. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So we have to talk about something a little bit heavy now. Scenes from 9-11 were used in the drama and some people were very disturbed by this. And what was your reaction to seeing the footage? And I have to say, I was a little surprised, but I was also, if something like that could be tastefully done, I think it was. Because I think it showed the terror and the aftermath without showing the horribleness, the, the gut-wrenching awfulness that could send you right back to that day. But that I was living on the other side of the country at the time, and everything that I knew about 9-11 was being filtered through my TV screen. So for me, it was just kind of, it was a similar experience of just having that, that filter in place and so not being truly connected to that. So I, I was not disturbed, but it also brought the heaviness and the despair that Becky Jin was feeling and the, his need to be there and help. I think it, it added to his, his character arc. Well, and I think that as Americans, uh, at, and I'm speaking from my own experience, like you said, we saw a lot of it through the screen. There are other people who lived in New York who didn't, but I feel like the show did a really good balance of kind of opening. And I'm there weren't probably going for that because they're, they're making the show for their Korean audience. So they were just showing what it would have been like for a reporter from Korea at the time, but like sitting back and going, oh, I didn't really even think about all the reporters from all over the world being there and then like the firefighter being like, yeah, I've pretty much talked to somebody from everywhere, everywhere, you yeah. know, and just that perspective and that looking at it. And I was just like, that's really not anything I'd ever thought about and how something like that did affect and touch, you know, so many people. And it, it, I don't think that they did any of their footage or, or the way they had him cover it in a way that was, super disturbing uh, they show stuff that's happened in their own history like the collapse of different things in different dramas and and do it in a similar way so I don't think that they really did anything different than what they would if they were showing another tragedy that had happened in Korea or whatever so yeah so for me um similar to drama geek I think that I think that I was really um, almost surprised uh, because I hadn't stopped to think about how this thing that affected us so much in the United States, how, of course, they would have their international correspondents here to report on it and report on their own citizens and things like that. And I had never stopped to really think about that. I do live in New York State. I remember that day so clearly because... Um, we, I had friends who worked at the World Trade Center. I had, um, we, I was in a school at the time and the other plane was still unaccounted for. And so we were rushing around trying to, you know, make sure kids were safe. And so it did bring back a lot of things because I have actually avoided really like 
on the anniversary watching all the footage. And I think for me, it, I wasn't expecting it because I, you know, normally I can just turn the TV off or just not look at it, but it hit me in a very different way. And I think that it was actually a really healthy thing because, oh my gosh, sorry. Mm -hmm. Because it allows you to, with some distance to, to just kind of see it through the international perspective it was such a very personal thing that happened that I, I just, it was just interesting. I was really taken aback actually to see all of that footage within a K-drama. I think because the K-dramas are my safe place, you know, and so I just wasn't expecting it. So I did react, I think the way that some others did like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like, what is that? But as I processed it, I actually think it was a good thing. Like, I think it really helped us understand what Becky Jin was going through and just the heaviness that he was feeling. Um, so in that sense, I, I really actually did end up appreciating it. Unfortunately, our leads decided that they were not going to stay together and they went their separate ways. This is a very divisive plot arc in the drama watching community. What do we think about this ending? Spoiler alert, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to be under a rock to have not heard that spoiler. Totally. Oh my word, people freaked out. (laughs) And, you know, I think because we had talked about, like, we are not going to get, we're not, we, we talked about the reply vibes, but we also, at least for me, I made it a point not to to feel like I was in it to find out if she was with him or not. Um, And I think that that was a really healthy way to go into it because (laughs) Mm -hmm. if I had been invested, like thinking back to reply 1994, okay, Chilongi, if I had been invested, it would have really, I think it would have changed the way that I viewed this drama. But to me, that was never end game. Um, But uh, I don't know if I was watching this 20 years ago, would I feel that way? I think for me, I, what was it? It was like episode three or four. There were like offhand comments that made it pretty obvious that they were not together when the daughter's looking at stuff. You know, she has no clue who this person is. She's never heard about him before. Obviously, she's he's not her dad you know so I think I went into this from pretty early on before they ever hooked up knowing that this wasn't going to be long term just from the clues within the story and so I was pretty much okay like I was like oh you know this is great amazing writing I really like these characters there's these massive arcs about you know, growing up and that transition from a child to an adult where you're finding yourself. And that's kind of what the whole story is about is finding yourself during this transition. And so I was really okay with it. I thought they did the story beautifully. They were such integral parts to where their trajectory went into adulthood. And it was gorgeous I loved it I was okay with them not being long term because as I said earlier obviously it was not working for them they 
I mean, they had some really high highs, but their lows were really sad and, and just, you can't, you can't change each other to create this perfection that you would need to go forward. And so I loved it. I liked it. I know that probably is giving me a lot of hate from <laughs> the probably watching community, but I'm okay with not the happily ever after endings. So I feel like there are so many people that have canceled this drama in the same way that we canceled the drama that shall not be named Dodo So 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 La 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 La. <laughs> but it was two but very different, different reasons. Very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here is the thing. Again, it comes down to did you experience reply 1994 and 98 or 88? Was it it was 1988? Mm-hmm. As they happened, did you go through the excruciating pain of all of that? And did you come out the other side um, a little bit jaded and bitter? Yes, yes, we did. So <laughs> <laughs> when the clues point in one direction, follow that direction and don't continue to make up the story that you want to happen because that's where the downfall is. And I'm not blaming people because again, a lot of people that are watching this show either did not experience it as it aired. So by the time they watched it, they already knew who the the main guy was. And so they didn't sit there and, and, you know, go over all the, I mean, there were people that watched this drama who sit that literally went clip by clip and tried to, they thought they found Becky Jen's uh, items in the daughter's room or in Hito's room that was left over. Like they, there, there's the treasure hunt that you go through of like what you do for idols, trying to find out if they're dating or not, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and so there was a narrative created out of stuff that wasn't there. Like the, the writer clearly, at least in hindsight, when you look back and you're not invested in, in that forever after for them, you see that, I mean, she, she gave the daughter a different last name. She like, she, you know, they, they, or I don't, they, the writer, whoever, but Mm -hmm. they, they made it very clear pretty much, unless you were really trying to create a different narrative that, that in this present time, but, but I will not uh, discount the fact that the writer did play with people's emotions because they, they did not show her with her dad the entire time. They did not, they, they kept it a mystery. So they did play the game. So it's not the, the viewer's fault for being played with, but they did also put the clues in there that they weren't together. So all that being said, I think anybody that was prepared for them not to end up together was probably okay with the ending that the way, the way that it was. And I enjoyed all of it. I know the mock day is going to add some stuff about <laughs> some of the, the friend aspect of the ending and stuff. But I felt that, especially that very last shot, which people think they're like, they were just pouring salt on the wound, which they kind of were. But if you also look at it as like him typing in who his first love was, not who his forever love, not his love, his first love, that was her, who he typed in. And that book ended up like, that's what the story was about. It was about a point in her life a snapshot, a flash in the pan that made her who she was. And it is the person that she is as a devoted mom and somebody who makes furniture 
to connect with their dad. Is that somebody we like right now? A lot of people didn't feel like it held up to what her youth portrayed, but I loved the story from beginning to end. And I, it is my number one 2022 drama so far this year. So not that it had a lot to compete with so far this year, (laughs) but it will definitely be at the end of the year. Mark my words, by the end of the year, it'll be one of my favorites. So All right. Does it my turn to rant now? It is your turn. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to actually talk this out with drama geek because I was just a whole mess of emotions at the end. I'm one of those few people that I went into the reply series because you guys talked me into watching it and I had no idea about the husband game. I was there just to watch the drama. I had no idea that there was so much furor over who she was going to choose every (laughs) single reply drama. So I just, I was in for the ride and I enjoyed it that way. So when, when this kind of, when 2521 started playing the husband game, I was just saying, oh, okay, whatever. And I decided to write it. What I was hoping for was not for them to be, you know, in game throughout the drama, but perhaps to reconnect at the end because they had the writer, the editor, the, the director, whoever had so skillfully cut out her husband. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is the story also cut out the friends. We get to that point in 2009 and then all of a sudden they no longer exist in the narrative. And so I kept hoping to see a glance, a glimpse of cool guy in Yurim and where they were now, or Sungwon and her, hopefully, husband, who is Becky Jin's little brother, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I'm just left with all these loose ends. And it just, and maybe they weren't loose ends. You know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, the writer tied them up. They, she just tied them up a little bit early. And I suppose that's okay. I mean, the writer's in charge, ultimately. <clears throat> But it just felt unfulfilling to have her go to the tunnel and kind of say goodbye to Becky Jin's memory and not have any sense that she carried any of the rest of her past forward. Because we had spent so much time not just on the relationship between Nahido and Nahido and Becky Jin, but on her relationship with all of them. And then to not get any resolution as to where she and they are in present day. I felt like under the the entire telling because it wasn't just the one relationship that was important to her. It was all of them. And even if they had drifted, it would have been nice to just, you know how they do in the credits with of some other movies where they're like, and now, you know, they went through this and this, and now this is where you find them. Mm-hmm. I would have even taken that, just text at the end, give me something. <laughs> well, but I think that the whole show has been really trying to show realistic portrayals and how realistic is is that you are still besties with this person you were besties with in high school I know my best friends in high school my kids have met my best friend once because she came to Portland for a conference and other than that I mean we've stayed friends online and stuff but my kids do not know these people that were important to me back at that time in my life just because we've all live in different places we do different things, you know, we're not living anywhere near each other. So I think it's very realistic that 20 years later, your life is not going to be with the people that you were back in high school, unless you're in like a drama where right. <laughs> I don't come to dramas for reality. Right. Right. But I think it's very, I thought it was a very realistic ending because yeah. My kids would have no clue who these people in my diary are because, you know, they know her. Oh, it was the one girl we went out to eat with back when I was like 10, you know, (laughs) 
yeah, they're just not part of the narrative of a mother daughter life 20 years later. So I think that one piece where they end with what, what were they actually able to capture was that, you know, they owned that summer. And I, Mm -hmm. I liked that they reflected back on that, that, you know, there was, it was a moment in time and they were all able to just be fully present during that particular time. And I, I think that, you know, our life has seasons and along the way we meet really incredible people and some of them stay with us. Some of them evolve with us and some of them stay frozen in those moments in time. And if we can get to the point where we can appreciate like the things that people gave to us, even if they're no longer in our life, they helped shape who we are now. I think that that's kind of the message of this drama. I totally agree with what Kate Drummond Jen said. Those are my thoughts almost exactly. Grudgingly agree with everything. She said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think for me, I've moved around so much. And I mean, like I moved away from where I went to high school when I was 19 and I've never lived there again. And I've only visited, you know, for short periods of time. And most of the time when I go back, I just go to see my family because that's all the time that I have. I don't have time to go see uh, school, high school people, but there are people that it doesn't change that some people in my, you, in, when I was going to school, irreparably changed my life and they're still with me. And I think that is a, it was a nice thought that like they, it doesn't, the the fact that they're not in her life now doesn't make it that they weren't as important to her and the connection wasn't as deep as it really was because it was, and we saw that, but that's just how you, your life is that, you know, so again, I pretty much just restated exactly what (laughs) Jen said, but so I have already stated what my favorite scene was, um, was the, uh, the taking the, the helmets off and them crying like that. I think by far, that's like my favorite scene of the drama, but I will, um, of the, of the, the, specifically what's your favorite scene from the second half. And I would say that one. And then I already said the beach uh, when they went to the beach, I, I just died and loved when they showed up in those outfits and they walked down the street, um, mm-hmm. and got in his car and stuff. That was probably one of my favorite scenes too. So that's my two for the, from the second half. I have to say, so if you remember from the previous podcast, I only shared one, even though we were allowed to choose two, <laughs> but Amber took mine. So it's okay. Like she, she took the extra, so we're all good. Um, but the one that I was going to share before would have been the beach scene. Cause I had, as you know, watched ahead, but um, for me, I loved the scene where they're looking at each other he's interviewing her and mm. he's like you know how are you and she's like how are you and it was so moving because it that felt so genuine and real to me like these were people that were really important to one another and their life has moved on in different directions but they still love each other in their own ways, right? It's not the romantic, like I'm gonna, you know, text you every night kind of love, but it was like this really precious like appreciation for each other. And so 
I loved that scene. I especially loved it as we got a little more backstory um, because in that interview, he also said um, what was the most difficult um, a fencing match. And she referred back to the one with um, Yurim. And then my second favorite scene for the second half was, um, well, okay, I like the proposal too, but the, the when she came, when uh, Yurim came to Nahido's mm-hmm. retirement Mm-hmm. um announcement and she brought flowers that was just beautiful so those are my favorites okay so my favorites are a little different my first favorite because it made me laugh so hard is when cool guy took his mom's car and he was going to drive everybody <laughs> around yes. and then they tried to put it back and he couldn't park <laughs> so they finally <laughs> roped his band and all of them and they lifted the car and you know, it was the whole, we worked together and we got in place. And I'm like, y'all had to lift the car to park it. <laughs> it was just, it was funny and cute. And I appreciated that. But also I really loved when someone decided to quit school and how she talked it through with her mom first. And her mom mm-hmm. just presented all sides of it and said, look, this is what I'm seeing. Have you thought this through? Are you okay with these consequences and these consequences? And she didn't like her daughter's decision. But that next day, she was there and just as fiery as someone was and just as determined to support her daughter in pulling out. And I just I loved seeing that solidarity between the two of them, but also the mature response in in supporting her in her decision. Well, not from the mom. The mom was already mature, but the mature discussion that they had. Yeah. Guys stole all mine. So I'm going to get some of my second tier <laughs> favorite moments. <laughs> So keep in mind, my favorite of all time was anything involving the beach, like cinematic wise, Mm -hmm. everything was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. But um, the two that come to mind is I've always really liked this director. Anytime he does a running scene when it's one or two people running. And the one that really sticks out to my mind is when uh, Yurim is being hounded by reporters because she's chosen to go to Russia and they're trapped in the the practice room Mm. and so they uh get the dummy all (laughs) dressed up and then they go rush running off together hand in hand and i just like oh that was such a good moment Mm -hmm. and i love this director anytime there's a running scene um the other one that really stuck in my mind i'm debating between two i really like the scene where they're in the high school at dark and they find the people that are stealing all the pillows mm-hmm. yes. the composite like the way the director filmed that whole thing with him zooming up past on the little um roller chair and her pushing them and that mm-hmm. whole scene was gorgeously filmed and mm-hmm. was. was so fun and then also the scene where he's totally drunk after um, rejecting uh, Hido and he accidentally calls the oh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's all like, I, I, my will is not strong and all this. And just that whole scene of him realizing who he accidentally called and the kid like mocking him about it, it was epic. <laughs> so good. <laughs> And it was one of the few parts that I swooned a little bit because I have to admit, realizing that they weren't going to be together, I emotionally took myself a little apart from their relationship swoon-wise. 
because it's like I'm not going to get emotionally invested and devastated. Um, but that part was pretty swoony. <laughs> oh, and we are now to the part where we have to do our overall impression. As you know, I loved it. I give it a nine out of 10 and I would definitely recommend. I might like warn people that maybe it's not the most romantic happy ever after. So they're not um, pissed at me, but <laughs> <laughs> it was it was awesome. Great cinematography, great acting, could not have asked for better characters. So I recommend. I also recommend I I think it's a mom drama. Like, I think that if you are a parent, that it hits you differently. And I think that it's like, you need to have a little, I don't know, a a few years on you to really, truly appreciate it. I really want to ask my teenage daughter what her impressions are, just because I I would guess that we have different views. Um, So... I don't know, but I loved it and I would recommend it. But like you said, with the caveat of like, mm, don't go in it for the husband game. Like, don't think that this is going to just enjoy the story. Enjoy the moments. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, my I life have... advice as well. <laughs> enjoy the story and enjoy the moments. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say the same. Um, I think if this had been framed differently instead of being sold as a romance, I think it would have been easier. I mean, I probably still would have been mad at the ending for the same reasons, just because I hate when character stories get cut off. But overall, I think I think I would be happy to recommend it for those who really appreciate good directing and good writing. So um, I 100% recommend it. Again, like you said, you guys said with the, the under, you know, don't don't go in for the romance, but also I think don't treat it like K-Muse did necessarily because I wasn't in it for the romance but I also didn't detach myself from the romance I thoroughly enjoyed their romance for what it was and let myself swoon when they needed like when they were close just as I would for any kind of friendship I think is kind of maybe what my brain was was like when it came to them but it can have really good romantic moments but don't go in it trying to figure out who the husband is and 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 putting all your money in that basket it is a wonderful friendship human not study but it just it had such great human moments and it's worth it to watch it yeah I think if it's framed as a coming of age drama which Which, maybe it was and I missed it it all but yeah I think everything is advertised as a romance Almost like there are, mm-hmm. you know, the, unless they're the complete crime dramas, but some, even them, some of them. <laughs> try for it. Right. So I, I always take the the romance part where I'm like, eh, okay, we'll see. But I can see your point of view though. Well, thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. You can reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or through our Patreon page. The links are in our show notes. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing.